why don't we get started? Um, I'll, I want to give Eddie, Donald, Edward, <laughs> all the chance that he, he needs for a tw full 20 minutes. My name's John Vividelli, and I'm EVP of Workplace Solutions at Tango. Uh, Tango acquired AgileQuest, my company, uh, early this year. And so what that has done is it's taken basically an IWMS platform plus a workplace experience platform, hybrid workplace, and put them together. So with that platform, it's one holistic solution all the way from planning your space, where should I put my buildings, using artificial intelligence to do site selection, through transaction management, through project management, through maintenance, all the way through space management and into the hybrid workplace and how the building's being used and the, the measurement of the utilization. So the entire gamut. We're right down here, um, the Tango booth on the 200 aisle. So please visit us. So without further ado, um, it's a pleasure to introduce the, today's topic, which is the diverse workplace, how tech and data support a cross-functional hybrid environment. Um, Eddie Wagoner. Donald Wagner, Edward Wagner, for each one of you, it might be a little bit different. Um, uh, tremendously talented gentleman that uh, I've known for years. Uh, he's a chief information officer, digital, at JLL Technologies. He's got a few hecklers here in the front, some of his compatriots. Um, but without further ado, Eddie, here you go. Thanks, John. Should never have told you what my real first name was. So. So thanks everybody for your attention. I know it's late on a Thursday and you're sitting here with a white guy talking about diversity. So I'm gonna be a little bit controversial, I hope, and provocative because in 20 minutes, we're not gonna solve diversity in the workplace, but I wanna start a conversation. And I'm gonna to share too that I'm LGBT, so I do have a slightly different perspective and you'll see why I shared that in just a moment. But when we start, I'm gonna actually quote some people it's actually a lot of you. This is a survey from JLL that says that 79% of real estate professionals agree that their organization is acting today to make the workplace more inclusive and diverse. That's an incredible stat. Think about it. There was a time when I started my career, and many of you started your careers, where we were having to advocate and we were having to explain to people about the need for that. So we've kind of won the argument, if you will, of the need for diversity in the workplace. And the title of this is Tech and Data. They wouldn't let me put the title as, you're not as far along as you think you are and you aren't equipped to get to where you need to be. So that's my controversial statement. I would encourage the dialogue and the feedback and even maybe some different opinions because that's the way that we get better. But let me show you why I think we're not as far along as we need to be and we're not equipped to get to where we are. If you think about diversity and the information that we need to design the workplaces, look at this next stat from the same report. Most organizations don't have systems in place to regularly capture data, but investment's increasing. And we can send you this report, but if you'll look at some of those stats and if you even just think about your own organizations in real estate, we don't have the best CRE databases, okay? We're still making investments. We're often behind in our organizations, you know, the, the business is getting the investment. 
And I'm going to share a little bit of a personal story, a little bit of humor, a little bit of background. If you're of a certain age, you know exactly who this is. This is Will Farrell pretending to be a cheerleader. I was actually a cheerleader in college, and no, I can't do most of those stunts. But if you remember one of those cheers, the cheerleaders would say, what do we want? And everybody would go, a touchdown. When do we want it? Now. There was always that one person that would yell, what do you want? I want a hot dog. Okay? Think about when we ask people what they want in the workplace. Everybody yells back, flexibility, sustainability. If we actually went around to every single one of us and said, what do you want in the workplace? I bet you we'd get different answers. Now, we don't have enough time. When I've done this before, I've actually had people turn to the person beside of them to say, what would make you love the office? You. And then have people share some of the things that they heard. And by the way, we picked mercilessly on people that would say flexibility or, you know, but some of the things that would come out were surprising. Some of them were amazing. A lot of them were focused on diversity. I'm gonna share one other thing with you. How many of you have a real estate system right now that you can go and look and say, I want to attract more, and we'll use me as an example, gay people into my workplace. What do gay people want in the workplace? How many of you have that in your real estate system? What about people of color? What about women? How are you going to design the workplace people are looking for when you don't even have that data? Do you have that data in your organization? Your HR team probably has some of that information, not about what people are looking for, but the people that you want to ask. How do you go and have those conversations? Probably have ERG, we call them ERG at, at JLL, employee resource groups that would love to join with you. I'll share an anecdote, and, and I shared this with Jamal and said, you know, do you think I can do this anecdote and it'll land well? And he said, you yeah, know, try it, we'll see. I was, at a, I was at a CIO conference. CIOs are historically, notoriously white, straight, male. I could fit in because I like to think I can pass as being straight when I need to. It slowly evolved, just like real estate. And I was at an event where we had a very diverse table and we were going to talk about diversity. And a black female CIO sat down and she looked at every person at the table and she said, and I'm going to use George since he's here and I know him. She said, what do you need to do in your organization to attract someone who looks like me? Yes, same thing. She went to everybody. She went around. It was like, oh, my God, if I don't answer, I'm in trouble. And if I do answer, I'm in trouble. And she finished and she looked at the table and she's like, so nobody knows what to do to attract someone who looks like me. And then she broke into this huge smile and she's like, ask me. And then she talked about how it's such a difficult conversation. She's like, you are all afraid when I ask the question. And she said, I gotta tell you, if you did ask me, how much do I tell you? How much do I try? Do I really tell you what I really want? And it was the most incredible conversation that flowed from that. Matter of fact, we had other people from other tables trying to join our table. And so I share that as an example of the difficult conversations that we should have. And why do some of those conversations, are they going to be difficult with real estate? So this is from Gallup. It's always easier if I say Gallup said this versus Eddie said this. But these are some statistics from Gallup 
about remote workers experience negative emotions at higher rates than on-site workers. Now, every real estate person that sees this goes, this is what I need to tell people to come back to the office. When I tell you that this is disproportionately weighted toward women and people of color who are remote, either because they were adversely impacted during the pandemic or they have a bigger struggle to come back. For example, childcare. Childcare has really suffered and a lot of people are very challenged finding childcare. And a lot of uh, communities of color, think about here in Chicago, I've got fiber that runs down my back alley, I've got the fastest connection. I actually work with people who live in other communities who struggle with dial-up. They don't, it's why the broadband initiative is there. And so when you start thinking about it from that perspective, people that we have worked hard to get into our workplaces and attract are struggling a lot more. We don't want to lose the, the ground that, that, that we've laid um, with those folks. Let me show you something else. This is also from Gallup, and, and I think we're sharing all of these, but focus here on the right side about inclusion. And look at hybrid versus work from home. The hybrid challenge compared to 100% work from home is how do you collaborate and coordinate with remote workers from a fairness perspective, equal access to resources, equal opportunities. When we compare hybrid to 100% on-site, it's the visibility. You see that playing out. If I can't see you, I can't manage you, which is the old school management practices. Think about coordinating and neglecting remote workers. Let me give you a great example from this that I actually got from the CIO of Zoom telling me about a Zoom call with Zoom executives who are in Zoom's headquarters. He said, I sat there and I watched the backside of an executive the whole time. He was remote, and this is Zoom, and their executive was standing in front of the camera talking to the room and forgot there were people dialed in. And he'd say, you think Zoom would know better? I actually say Zoom's real estate should have redesigned the conference room with remote in mind versus our conference rooms now that are designed before remote. My point there is we can't focus just on the physical or just on the digital, there's an intersection. And so if we're gonna talk about tech and data and diversity, we've gotta make sure that we're managing to that intersection when we're thinking about these things. And the last thing from, from Gallup, these are some other things that Gallup pointed out. Having your personal workspace, people who have that 13% more likely to have a, um, to the chance to do what they do best every day. Now you're thinking, well, yeah, we'd all like a personal office. Who wouldn't? I want you to think about diversity differently now. Think about neurodiverse people. There are people who cannot sit around me because I am loud, I move. There are some folks that just, they don't need that noise. They need to do some heads down work. They may be in legal. That's actually why they don't let me sit in illegal anymore because I'm so loud and they were trying to concentrate. Maybe they're in sales and they need to be making phone calls. Or maybe through neurodiversity, they just need a quiet place and away from people. How do we design for people that need that type of activity space when they need it? Or think about it, I just use myself as a disturbing noise. We can talk about room temperature. That gets into to gender a good bit or number of people that you're working with. And so if we think about diversity from all these different angles and different perspectives, how do you design for those extremes to help everyone feel like they belong? And notice I use the word extreme. I heard a consultant from HOK 
comment that they were starting to think about how they design for the extreme so they can meet the needs of the mean. Think about that for a minute. If you're more inclusive and in trying to figure out what does everybody want, and we all know we can't design for every single person, but we'll get closer to meeting more of our needs from a diverse perspective in the workplace. So I'm gonna open it up for some commentary, but I wanna share a couple of thoughts with you. And I actually yesterday bumped into Phil, I don't know if he's in here, Phil uh, Kirshner from, uh, from McKinsey, and I was telling him about um, the, the event that I was gonna participate in here, and he actually sent me a, a white paper from McKinsey to read. So again, this is not Eddie, this is McKinsey. Um, if you don't get hybrid right, according to McKinsey, these are the statistics on who will quit. Young people are 59% more likely to leave if you don't have hybrid right than older people. Our workplaces, our competitiveness depend on attracting the new talent as the older talent as we're aging out and we're thinking about retirement. Black employees are 14% more likely than their white peers to leave. That's going backward. LGBT people, my group, 24% more likely to leave. That one actually surprised me. Women are 10% more likely to leave than, than men. And employees with disabilities are 14% more likely to leave. If you don't design for diversity, we're going to go backwards. If we don't design hybrid right to account for the needs of our people, we'll lose what we've gained in our corporations. Now, I mentioned we started out with tech and data. I laid the groundwork at the beginning that you don't have the tech and you don't have the data. We've got to do a better job getting the right data. And that means thinking outside of our real estate systems. So one of the big messages in some of our research that we've come out with recently is people are realizing they need to partner with entities that they've never partnered with before in real estate to achieve their goals. That could be partnering with a firm like JLL or CBRE or Cushman. That could be partnering with some other technology firms that are here that maybe you've never thought about partnering with before. John from Tango introduced me. What capabilities does Tango have potentially that you could leverage to accomplish them? I don't know, but maybe that's a conversation we should have. Um, or uh, um, Andy's here from, from CRIM. What capabilities are maybe in there? How do we think differently? Maybe ask some questions to look at technologies we have that we already own that maybe we aren't leveraging correctly. Or what about HR? HR is a people business. We're in the physical business. Those two groups should be working much closer together as well as your CIO. I mentioned that CIO conference. I sat in there and listened to global CIOs arguing. It's the first time in my 30 plus years in the business I've heard CIOs talk about the physical workplace. In the past, it was always, I've got to put this network connection in. Are you doing MPLS or Lantern Wire? How are you? It's never been talking about our world. And they were talking about it and they had opinions and they were passionate. And I realized, and I actually commented, I said, you realize all of you are talking at the problem. And you're talking about what your HR people are saying. You're talking about what your, C your CFO is saying. And I'm not really hearing you talk a lot about your real estate people. How many of you know who your real estate person is? And by the way, I'll call on you because I know them. Not a single global CIO could raise their hand. And a couple of them thought they knew, but they weren't really sure who actually ran real estate. And I said, you're talking about the problem, but who's managing that intersection. 
who's, who's pulling all these different thoughts together because you're not going to get it right if you don't get those different groups involved. And so I'll close with my part of the comments and we'll open it up to conversation. These are 15 anchor technologies, and this is a, a, a survey of uh, over 1,000 companies uh, globally, and, and we can get you the stats. It was just released. But these are the, the anchor technology areas that people are saying they need to focus on, they need to invest in to create the, the hybrid workplaces, the hybrid age workplaces to attract and retain talent. Now you notice I'm giving you big broad categories. We're not naming systems because in some places there's good technologies in place and there's a lot of choice. In some places it's emerging technologies. But if you're out there looking at and thinking about and making acquisition decisions on these technologies, but you don't have an understanding of what your people really want, you're gonna make the wrong selection. You're gonna do the wrong implementation. You're not going to give the people what they need in their workplace. And I firmly believe that if we create the workplaces that people feel drawn to, just like you've never gone out with your significant other, driven an hour to a horrible restaurant, to be set by the restroom, to pay for a shitty meal, you don't go back to that restaurant. But yet we expect people to come into the office every day continually to drive an hour, to be seated in a bad area, to have a bad experience. The younger generation is waking up and they're realizing that they can do so much more through technology in their pocket. They can create personalized experiences through Amazon, through Uber, through Instacart. They know the technology is there they're just waiting for us to use it to help deliver that better experience. So with that, let me open it up to questions, thoughts. I love disagreement or different thoughts. And I will point out since it's a very short uh, time frame and we're I think uh, three minutes from closing, this is an opening of a dialogue. And I know a couple of us were talking earlier, we need to continue having these discussions and this dialogue because this is not going to go away. It's going to get worse as competition heats up for talent, as we go through what we're going through with the economy, as people are, are thinking about changing jobs and more freely changing jobs, as older people are saying, I'm gonna retire, maybe not right now with the economy. But we saw a lot of people deciding to leave the workforce earlier. We are going to be forced to address this sooner or later. It's better that we have the conversation sooner so we can do the right things. How, how do you balance that with the overarching need from above to stick to standards for cost savings? Because we come out with multiple ideas to change the environment and our CFO boss invariably says, oh, there's too much choice. There's too much, bring it down, standardize it. And, and so every idea we have to, and, and, you know, and capture everybody, it comes right back down to make it the same. It's a great question. Could everybody hear that? So probably if we went around, we would have a lot of different perspectives and they would all be great. My perspective on that is you can use technology. Now, you'd expect a CIO to say that. But if you think about Amazon and the way they, they deliver, and if you ever get a chance to visit their warehouses or their operations, do it they have some pretty enforced standards for the way they conduct business inside their facilities. But they've used technology to create that customized experience for us, the users. And I think if we stopped, buildings aren't important, people are. I think if we started focusing more on the people 
and less on the buildings, we would figure out some ways where we could still have some standards, but allow people to do a little bit of their own customization. I also think um, a lot of times when I talk about using data, before I even get the words out of my mouth, people go, no, privacy. When I talk to CIOs, they will say, what are you looking to do? What data are you looking to do? Let's talk about how, if we want to do it, how we'll secure it. So I think we have to reframe the question and change the conversation. I also think, and this was a conversation I had yesterday with a, with a couple of people here, oftentimes your CFO says no because we are proposing something in, in real estate and they're so used to saying no to us. What if we reframe the question around the digital aspects of it? What if we reframe the question around talent attraction and retention? Suddenly you've gotten three huge cost buckets, comp, technology, and real estate all rolled up into one. That starts changing the conversation when we can say, look, yeah, I'm asking you for a little bit of money, but what if I could prove that we could retain talent or that we could increase productivity? Just a quick thought on that. Um, I was talking to a young man, first time in the United States from the UK in construction, and I said, what's, what's going on in the UK that way? And he said, and it was, it was really interesting. What we're focused on in building new buildings is twice the engagement, half the space. And so if, when you think about that, you can take the money that you might have spent for, you know, class B space or whatever, something that's not as engaging, and, and up the, the ante on the space, but just don't make as much of it because you don't need it anymore. So out of respect for people's times, we started it out, this was the official session title, but if I could rename it, and I'm using stoplight colors because I know the brokers in the crowd love that, but right now everybody's focused on the red words, and we do have to do that, but your initiatives are actually being stopped because we need to focus on the green first. You need the data, you need the technology, and by the way, I'm not trying to necessarily sell you new technology, like I said, your HR group probably has a lot of that. Your employee resource groups inside your firm would probably love to participate and tell you what would help them help their, their membership. And so I think real estate has a much broader impact than we realize because I truly believe what we do, there's buildings everywhere, we can touch and help every single person on the planet by creating better, healthier, more sustainable uh, world. And we start understanding what people want and what they need. So thank you very much. I'm uh, easy to find on LinkedIn if you want to continue the conversation. Um, I'm a little provocative, shameless plug, but I actually love the conversation. I love the ideas and I'm pretty easy to find within uh, JLL. So thank you so much for the, the gift of your time and look forward to continuing the dialogue.